Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? Are we doing this? Really? And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How's everybody doing? Hello, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, whatever the fuck you want to be called. I guess I should make the decision, but I like all three of those now. I thought we had this closed up, too. I thought that this was, uh, the jury was in and we had made a decision. But things happen, you know? Time goes on and you start to think, like, I want to say more things to the people at the beginning of the thing. So I can say more things at the beginning and call them things and, and uh, have options. That's what's going on. I'm just getting up. I think that, honestly, this is the least caffeinated, least nicotized I've been on the air for you people. I'm up early. I'm getting ready to leave town. I want to get this in the can so we could get... Uh, I, I, I don't need to explain the mechanics of how we do the show here. I just wanted to record this now before I left town. So now I'm up. It's early. Uh, I just threw Boomer out of the garage. He doesn't live in here, but he came in when I came in to, uh, to do the recording. And I can't turn my back on that cat for a second because he's going to spray pee on something. I don't even know. They're, they're, he's like stealth about it. He can be in a room for literally 45 seconds and you get him out of there and you don't know where it is, but certainly within an hour or so, you'll be like, it happened. It, it, it happened. There's been pee. There, pee has been laid down. I don't know where. I thought I was watching him. How did it happen? So he's out. I would have had him on. Uh, he would have been a fine guest, Boomer, but he's out. It's not just me and my, uh, hold on, wait for it. Pow! Oh my God! I think I shit my pants. Just coffee dot co-op, fair trade coffee. Go to uh, wtfpod.com. Get the link there. Go to just coffee dot co-op. So, folks, I am uh, something's going on with my head. I'm having some head problems. Uh, there's well, there's something going on with my body too. Nothing to worry about. Uh, I put on a few pounds, and I'm not just making it up. It's for real, and I'm insisting on wearing the pants that felt great when I was. At the perfect weight. I know this sounds maybe a little girly. If I, I don't even know if that's saying it wrong. But I'm insisting I'm wearing the pants that are uncomfortable in order to drive me back to the weight that I, uh, I'm comfortable at. Is that a normal behavior? Is it, is it incentive? Or is it just making me hate myself more? That's a question for you people. But here's the other thing that's going on. I seem to be... I'm worrying a lot at night. I, I've been sweeping pretty well. I find that I sweep better when I'm on the road, at a hotel that has a nice bed. When it's quiet, got nothing to worry about. I forget that when I live in a house, that that I fought to hold on to this little uh, crumbling house that I live in, that there's no end to the shit that needs to be done. But I wish that was just a worry I was having. I mean, I lay in bed, and literally, this is what I do. I'll I'll get in bed, and I'll be falling asleep, and then I'll start thinking, hey, uh, what if my garage slides down the hill? What if it starts raining, and I wake up to a rumbling sound. And, and this is in, in light of the uh, horrendous earthquake in Haiti. I can't, I got to make it about me. Maybe that's what caused it. I don't know. But I'm sitting there thinking like, I got some equipment in there, my books. What if it slides down the hill? The whole garage just crumbles down the hill. What if that happens? I live in California. That could happen. Then here's another one. What if I fall asleep, someone comes into my he- a house and hits me in the head with a bat? Where does that one come from? It's ridiculous. And then there's this one. What if I die in my sleep? 
Why am I doing that? That would be the best thing that could happen. So that's what my brain does as opposed to just go to sleep. That's what I do. That's, that's how my brain works creatively. Ridiculous. Last night, I was driving to a little club to do a, a set. But here, I almost died. I almost died in my car texting. How stupid is that? It's got to be happening. You know people are, are having accidents because they're texting. And I wish I could just say, what the fuck is, you know, drive your car, fella who almost killed me. Stop texting. But I'm that guy. I'm trying to text and drive. And then it dawned on me that I guess one of the benefits of dying while texting and driving is that your last words will be recorded. They will be right there. They will be documented, probably incomplete, but you will have last words. And that is not something that everybody gets in this life. Sadly, uh, it would probably be like, you know, fuck you, you suck, L-O. Oh, we can only imagine what he would have said. Probably L. There would probably be another L at the end. They could read your last words at your funeral. And I think we can all identify when Mark wrote, uh, you know, dude, I'll see you there. Don't. It's a life that's incomplete. Don't what? We don't know. But he's no longer with us. Yeah. I'll work on that. So this is going to be an interesting show. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm a little punchy. Uh, you know, I got I to gotta fly. I have no idea what that's going to be like, what that ordeal is going to be now that uh, someone tried to blow their underpants up. I, I tried to shower and look nice for the x-ray machine. But um, here's what's going to happen this show. This is almost like a first date, you guys. The woman who's coming up, Chelsea Peretti, very funny uh, uh, woman, uh, is going to be doing is going to be the co-host on my pilot that I'll be taping on January 28th at 7 p.m. At the Comedy Central stage here in Los Angeles, it's a WTF uh, television pilot presentation. You can call 323-960-5519 for uh, reservations. Uh, uh, I hope you all come down. We could use the support. But I've never talked to Chelsea for more than 10 minutes. So this is really going to be our first uh, our first date uh, on the air and also uh, you know, just feeling each other out. Uh, to see if there's, you know, chemistry. Not, you know, not like, you know, I, we want to fuck chemistry, but like chemistry uh, for television. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, that's going to happen right now. Hi, um, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> because I was going to say it smells like farts in here. It does? <laughs> no. It doesn't, but my friend Brandon uh, said, like, it smells like farts at your house or something like that. And then I was like, are you serious? Like, it And then, like, the next day I said it to him and he was, because he was like, no, it doesn't. I'm just saying that to fuck with you. Yeah. But it really works to say that to someone. Like, everyone without any exceptions freaks out. Well, I mean, there's so many <laughs> smells here. And I, ne- I never know if that one cat comes in here and pees on things. I have a cat that compulsively pisses on things. Ugh. So it's never farts. It's always some... Cat know, piss is almost worse, I but think. But did you smell any cat piss? You don't smell any cat piss. No. I saw cat vomit with my eyes. Well, I leave that out for the uh, other animals to eat. Let's consider it. Yeah. I mean, I live in uh, out here in the wild, and um, <laughs> I have possums and raccoons and skunks to worry about, and they have no shame about eating cat puke. So I, I'm Fair helping enough. yeah, I'm helping the environment and I'm helping the other animals. I'm I'm helping the <laughs> ecosystem 
in general. Your cat vomit is so helpful. I know. I uh, in the garage here at the Cat Ranch, in the, overlooking the barrio in the hills of Highland Park, is Chelsea Peretti. We finally have another woman on. Okay, <laughs> so enough complaining. I had a problem. Really? Well, First it was too Jewy, then it's not enough women. Well, there's not a lot of complaints about the women, but I actually felt guilty because I'd had, well, I had Maria Bamford on the, one of the live shows, at Silverman on one of the live shows, at Jen Kirkman uh, in studio, so, like, Caroline the, Ray. The women are on the live show ghetto. Kind of, but not Caroline. Caroline wasn't. And, you know, Sarah Silverman, you know, you wrote for her. She's a big star. What am I going to have her come up here to the garage? She might. Yeah. Mary Lynn Rice Cub may come. But my problem was I had an opportunity to interview a porn star. And I'm I not, heard that one. I liked her voice a lot. The lisp and the cuteness. Yeah, she yeah. had like such a cute voice that I went and watched her on YouTube. She's she's powerful. She she does the work. Did you have a little crush on her? <laughs> no, I didn't really know her and I'm not really a porn guy. I don't like lock on to certain actresses. If I do porn it's just to use it and I usually do You f- do porn? No. I mean, you know, when I use it occasionally. Oh, yeah. But I'm not like a champion of the form. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not like shameless, like, you know, porn is great. Right. I have my own issues with it. So I didn't really know how to handle that whole thing. Because I, I always kind of envied men for their openness about porn. Like, they all just like swap links and talk about it openly. And I think women tend to be much more private about their... But you guys do it. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised when I found that out. My second wife... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she told me she liked it, but she actually liked, she liked uh, cartoons. Cartoon? Oh, like anime porn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that I work mean, for I, you? I think it could, yeah. I mean, Japanese porn is kind of crazy. I feel like I haven't watched that much anime, but I feel like maybe it could be hot. The thing I, well, the thing I know about Japanese porn just from coming upon it in my, in my, in my, <laughs> for, uh, my forage, <laughs> when I, when I forage for free porn, I've come upon. I want to come upon your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, I come upon, <laughs> make it Shakespearean. I find that the Japanese porn's uh, a lot more hair. Uh, yeah, and uh, that part I don't love. Actually. Reasonable size genitals, but a lot of dominance and submission. Yeah, there's a lot of like the same sound. They all seem to have the same like, ah, oh no. Mm-hmm. Ah. Bobby mm-hmm. Lee does uh, an extensive bit about uh, Japanese porn. Can we get him on the phone? No, but we could probably <laughs> get him up here. I've not asked him to come up here. I, I should. So how are you doing in L.A.? I mean, you're like you're like me in the sense that people always say to me like, you're such a New York guy. I know it's weird because I grew up in Oakland, California. I'm you actually, grew up there? Yeah. But people think of me as being so New York because I lived there for so long. And you have an Italian name. And when yeah. Italians are in New York, they just assume that you've been there for generations. Yeah. When I first got there, it wasn't like that, though. Like, when it snowed, I wore a full-on ski suit with, like, suspenders. I was so, like... Why not? ...out of my element <laughs> in school. And everyone was, like, wearing, like, cute jeans and boots and, like, things that new- savvy New York gals wear. How old were you when you moved to New York? Uh, God, I guess 20 or something. How old are you when you start college, if you go to college? Like 19? Yeah. Yeah. So you went to college in New York. That's why yes. you went? Yes. To NYU? Nope. I went to the school that Joan Rivers attended. What does that mean? Barnard College. So you're smarty pants. Yeah. How do you like that? <laughs> you look so like, I don't know what that expression is like. <laughs> because usually uh, <laughs> comics who are smart, they... Uh, they either end up in a relatively shitty college because they weren't motivated to do anything, uh-huh. or they drop out of college, 
or they or they were lawyers. I know a couple comic lawyers. Yeah. But Barnard, that's like uh, that's as good as you can get. That's like Ivy League, spectacular, Columbia sister school, big time. So what? How come you got into comedy? I I want to get into how a obviously um, well uh, educated. Clearly, um, comes from a relatively good family. I'm not going to get into it. I don't know anything about your family. Were they? Um, How Italian are you? Well, my family, uh, my mom's Jewish, my dad's Italian, and... Um, okay. Why aren't we married? <laughs> they divorced. Um, I think that your if your last marriages serve as any kind of template for what our marriage would be like. <laughs> but aren't you different? I'm, I'm, a diff- I'm so much different now. <laughs> No, I don't know if I'm capable. I am starting to really think that I genuinely have like a major fear of commitment. Like commitment, or I choose people that always have a glaring flaw, like or glaring thing that would make us incompatible. Like that anyone could just. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Didn't she go out with Jim Norton? Yeah. I mean that 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 not not that is not glaring. That is glowing, like (laughs) white hot fire light. Yeah. That is a lantern. Well, but uh, me and me and Jim were friends for many years, and. you know, we were, we, we always like cracked up. I mean, it sounds stupid, but we laughed. We had long conversations. We'd go have dinner and then it just, there became a point where I was like, mm, maybe this is how long did more. that, once you crossed that point, how long did that relationship last? I don't know. I think it was somewhere between like a year and a half and two years. You don't know? Was that like the lost years of Chelsea Freddy? Was that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I think I can't, I max out in relationships. It seems like at like a year or two. Yeah. Why? Because what happens? I get cheated on or I don't know. I honestly, like, I just don't think things, this is why I feel like I will be alone perhaps forever, but I do feel like things get uninteresting uh, or something. You don't want to go to the next level. The, the point where you're like, um, do you feel at, at one and a half years that you get bored because you know each other so well yeah. or because you just don't want to go. I get that thing step. of like, ooh, maybe there's someone else who that has can, something better. Right. That you can start over with yeah. and burn through in a yeah. year and a half. And then you get to see that everyone has flaws eventually once you're a year in or something. Also, I don't feel like I'm always myself until a year in. And that's also... Takes you that time to warm up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's problematic. I feel that way on stage. Like, you know, after the, you know, you can't really get the idea of what I'm doing until about 20 minutes yeah. in. Yeah. And then if it's only a 10 minute set, there's a good chance yeah. they're just not going to lock Five on. minutes is just a disaster. Oh, no. So, well, I can do it, but I yeah. don't feel like I represent myself. It's like a robot pretending to be me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had that experience? Yeah, totally. No, wait. Let's get back to this cheating thing now. So, like I assume I've been cheated on, but I've not caught anybody. Oh, cheating. really? Well, I in this last one, I, I she had the, women don't apparently, from what I understand, after looking at all the uh, mm-hmm. statistics and talking to women, generally they don't leave without someone to go to. You know what? I do. I will say that I do. But she was married. Mm-hmm. I'm not bitter, and I'm and I'm over <laughs> it. Okay, but but when you, did you find out you were cheated on? Yes. How did you find out? Like a text, a, a computer thing, or did you catch him? Uh, it doesn't mean I don't. Someone we knew. I mean, I've been cheated on actually many times. Really? So I've, yes. And how do you handle that? Depression. But what, <laughs> you just take it all on yourself and crawl into a hole. Yeah. Um, no. How I usually handle it is that I shut down emotionally, and then I eventually. Sometimes I'll try to work it out, and then I I break up with the person, and then I go through a period of like total relief and like feeling p- 
powerful and having somehow it's weird. Like I feel freed of things. All right. You've, you've been the responsibility. The onus has been taken off of you to break up in the relationship. Yeah. Or Does something. it usually happen like at that point where you're done? Like it gives me certainty because I'm not someone and I'm, I think I'm evolving, but it's very hard for me to just go, Oh, this doesn't really feel like it's working. Let's not go further. I'll go, this doesn't feel like it's working, but we have so much fun eating dinner. <laughs> and just, let's give it two more years. <laughs> I like cuddling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how the hell to get out of things. It's terrible. I usually wait until it explodes into some dramatic yeah, mess. Yeah, me too. But that's like, my goal as a human being is to be able to be more honest about like, this doesn't really feel like it's working. I, I, and I have not dated in years, really. You know, and now I'm in this world where I'm, you know, acting out sexually, dating. I thought, yeah, you were in a total fuck festival. I was. I was. And it was, uh, it's, it's been good. And I'm complete. But now I'm starting to realize that all of my support of sex with strangers and, and sort of like uh, no real ties type of sexual things is just a myth. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you can't ride that out forever. Because I think if you have sex with someone like two or three times, you're you're locked in somehow. Mm-hmm. Somehow expectations are there. Not necessarily on my side. But what I'm getting at is, is that, yeah, it's all good and you can have good sex with people you don't know that well. But ultimately, where do you end up after a string of that? Yeah, well, this is what people say. And I think maybe sex complicates things. But people do talk about just dating and dating multiple people. I think maybe before you have sex, Mark. I have no idea about that. <laughs> I don't either because I always, if I date multiple people, there's always going to be a front runner that's the one that I genuinely have all my emotions attached to. And the others will just be filler for when I feel like distancing or I, right. or I feel like some, like I need to feel more important or whatever. Like and they're, I, all, they're also there. So you, you are actually dating other people and yeah. whoever the front runner is, they, they don't yeah. have any hold on you. Exactly. I don't know how people do it in a healthy manner. Like once a week, I see so-and-so. Like I'm always like, let's live together immediately for three months. And then by that point, it feels like crazy to break up because you've spent every second for three months together. Right. So much is invested. Yeah. Yeah. Of your time. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Like that first date went well. Do you want (laughs) to just move your stuff in or do we? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know a lot about you and we're going to be working together at least for a night. Yeah. In a very, in a very real way. Yeah. Like we have to get along kind of. Well, this is funny to me that this is like the first time that we're really talking to each other. We have public. to have two microphones between us and a I laptop. Think <laughs> I think it's good. Chelsea and I are doing a pilot presentation of a TV show called WTF that is not like this show. So don't expect whatever's happening now to be exactly indicative of what's going to happen on that show. How was that? Is that a, like, I didn't really sell it that well. No, it's it's going to be great. Can you tell the electricity between us? Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people probably are saying, well, they do this a lot on my show anyways, because a lot of the people that listen aren't necessarily comedy people, but uh, you've been around for a while. You've done some things. I mean, what if you're, you know, how would people find you? If they wanted to find Chelsea Peretti, what would they find? Where would they go? Um. Well, the internet would be a, a huge resource. Hold on, internet. Let me write that down. It would be a huge resource for my career. Uh-huh. Um, I did a couple projects that were on the more techie side in collaboration with my brother, Jonah. The techie? Yes. So um, he helped you out? Yeah. Me and him did two things together after I graduated from school. One was this website, Black People Love Us, which was these two white people kind of bragging about their black friends and how you know well-liked they are by them. 
and uh, testimonials from their black friends that are kind of sarcastic um, kind of implications of annoying white people. Now, is this one of those things where, like, because, like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but are there going to be people who are listening right now going, oh, shit, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We went, we wound up, like, on Good Morning America facing off with, like, Diane Sawyer mediating with two black people. <laughs> one was Omar Wasso. I don't know if you know him. As to whether or not it was appropriate? Yeah, like, she had one of them be pro and one be con. And we were, I mean, it was six in the morning. We, I was so tired, I couldn't think. And in general, I think... I learned from it, like, never to try to have a serious intellectual discussion about a joke. Like, I would much rather just be like, I thought it was funny. Bye. Well, what was the angle? What was the, uh, what was the argument? Were we the, were just what, talking, Did you upset the black people? We were more kind of talking about new age racism, like this subtle thing of like, you know, the, the whole thing of like, you're so articulate for a black person, that kind of, right. that kind of, uh, logic. And so, um, and then we did rejection line, which was this local phone number that you could hand out. It was a New York number. Like if someone was hitting on you, you could give them that number. And then it was a phone tree of pre-recorded rejection specialists that they could. Could they really use it? Yeah, you could call, and it's like the person who gave you this number does not want to talk to you or see you again. You know, and then you could press one for a sad poem by a kindred spirit. You know, and there's different options i think the fourth option was to cling to the unrealistic hope that a relationship is still possible press for and then that thing went around a lot so both those things like a lot what does that mean what are the numbers oh god my brother's good with numbers i just know that like a million i mean i think more I really black people love us was really huge rejection line was harder to monitor because it was a local phone number oh but they both i mean we did a lot of different uh, you know, the New York Times wrote about the black people love us thing, and it was in the uh, style section. What year was this? Were we talking? Oh, God. I don't How far to... back are we going? I want to say. When did you graduate school? 2000. All right, so 2001, too? Something like that. Pre or post 9 11. Don't mean to bring it up, but. Can't remember. Really? I have. This that is was the thing. day that changed everything. You can't remember. I know. I can't remember any of the chronology of my life. I have a hard time with that, too. Oh, good. Like, I feel like we just talked yesterday. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, whatever. We wound up, like, selling four TV shows off of just, like, having done those two projects and people contacting us. At the time, there was not that much going on on the Internet, actually. That was at the beginning of the viral um, yes. uh, trend. Yes. I think mm. it would be a lot harder now, but maybe not. I don't know. But um, and then none of those shows wound up getting made. And then my brother was like, "Entertainment sucks. There's too many people telling you. There's too much of a hierarchy." And that's true. Yeah, and he's like, "Technology you just creates something, and then if it's good, that's it." You right. Know? That's that's exactly why I like doing this. Yeah. I'm the top of the pyramid. Yeah. And and the bottom, which is difficult. It's a difficult to have both positions, being the top of the pyramid and the bottom. Well, it's got its pros and cons. I have to answer to me. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I have to negotiate with me. That must be a nightmare. Yeah, answering to me is difficult. <laughs> did you now? Did you write on both seasons of Sarah Show? No, I just came out here. Uh, basically, I came out here for two months to write for the show, and then I went back to New York and got all my stuff and came back for good. And wrote more for the show? No, that was just two months. Well, now are you settling into Los Angeles? Or are you still? Because the last time I saw you, you were like, "What the fuck?" I'm, I'm yeah, you know, I had stranded. Like, I had one dark week here. I feel like, but other let's than let's go that, through it. Okay. <laughs> 
What's a dark week for Chelsea I don't Peretti? Know. You know what I really hate is um going to parties or just when people just people always... invite you places. Yeah. Huh. Do you have no friends out here? Or are you just always up on this little vomit mountain? Yeah, I'm up on the mountain of cat vomit. <laughs> cat vomit mountain. I don't. I have friends, but they seem to be afraid of me. I mean, I don't know. Like, who invites you places? Well, you know what? I just uh, created a night jog. Um, you saying you meet people on your night jog that invite you places? Well, I was going to invite you oh. if you want to come. A bunch of us. We've been. I now had to change it to a night walk, but a bunch of us are going to do it. I'll tell you the information. Who, who's involved? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't get invited this places. This is why I who? hate LA. How, how do I stand out in this group? Uh, who is in the group? Do you walk fast? I run. I went to the gym today. Yeah. You can't tell? Um, I mean, you, you don't seem fat. That's the best you're going to do? <laughs> Not you look fit. Or you're an Adonis. A, for a guy your age, maybe you could throw one of those in. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're in with a crew. Do you not have like any friends? This is the second time you said that. <laughs> I, no, I like the way it sounds. <laughs> I I have I have people I know. Like what guys do you? What guys are you closest to? Who do I enjoy spending a little time with? Mm-hmm. I don't do much, and I don't know what you're supposed to do in large crowds of people. I'm more of a one-on-one kind of person. Maybe two people. Two, even when there's and three of us. And who are those people? Who do I like hanging out with? Al Madrigal lives not far from here. Occasionally, okay. we'll go do a lunch thing, mm-hmm. uh, Al and I. Uh, Jim Short, who's an Australian guy, mm-hmm. uh, he's a comedian. I don't hang with a lot of comedians. Now, is this a proximity thing because they live close? No. I'll go to dinner uh, with Jerry Stahl occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do enjoy the company of... Uh, I've. We have to understand, I've I've been sort of a prickly asshole for a long time. It's yeah. Just, it wasn't until my divorce and, and, and humbling... That I finally, you know, found some humility and and now see myself as a peer among peers. Well, then this is great that this happened. Well, I don't know what the hell am I going to do with a guy. What am I going to call a guy and go? Let's go to the movies. Yeah, sure. Like who? Like who? Like who would I do that with? I mean, there's some guys I like. Uh, like um, I like a lot of fellas. <laughs> a lot of the guys I've had on the show. Steve Ren is easy. He's a nice guy, but he's got a wife and kid. Uh-huh. You know, Madrigal's got a, a couple of kids. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I like, um, who do I like? Well, Bill Burr was up here, but he's got a gal. You know, you mm-hmm. got, it's hard to fit yourself into people's lives. I like his gal. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she used to work on Tough Crowd. So what are you working on, aside from the amazing pilot that we're being paid nothing for, uh, for Comedy Central? Um, there is a Variety Shack pilot. Variety Shack? Is a group that I did a monthly show with in New York, and we all did stand-up. This girl, Shanali, did music, and then we would show a short film, a new short film. A variety show, they called that, back in the day. Right. There Are there people singing? Yes, Shanali. She hosted it, and she would sing and at the, the top. It's for who? IFC. Oh, yeah, they're doing some comedy. And I do this show, True TV. It's like a, I don't know, it's called World's Dumbest. We talk about different clips, surveillance videos, and they are also working on a couple shows. So it's like the America's Funniest Home Videos crime. Yeah, kind of. And also like DUIs. It's all kind of like real videos, like surveillance camera kind of stuff. Like taking people at their most vulnerable and worst and then laughing at them. Yes. That's great. Thank you. That's that's the spirit of uh, of where we are. Do you know culture. what's funny is that I, after doing those VH1 things, I felt like this was actually so much more 
humane in a weird way, but I guess it's not. The VH1 things being you just sitting there talking to yeah, a camera. Yeah, about celebrities. You know, like who oh, gives a fuck? Yeah. I don't even know how you muster up the interest to give a fuck yeah. about any of it. I watch television. Like you know, now, there's this whole thing going on with uh, Conan and Jay and this and that. Yeah, every fucking show, almost every show that isn't like a scripted show, just looks like people screaming desperately for people to watch them. Yeah, like there's so much panic and and anxiety in the faces of anyone who's driving a show. That it's it's just like this giant cultural cry for help on now, almost every channel. Does a Mark Marin watch Jersey Shore? No, I mean some people find joy in doing that in sort of a condescending kind of like you know I'm above it, but I can watch it because I'm above it way. How about for and the I th- love of Ray J? For who? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you really you never even took a little peek at what Jersey Shore. No, I don't. I, I mean, I, I've seen the promotional things on it, and I, I kind of get what it is. It's a bunch of Italian youth who act like stereotypical Italians, and everybody laughs at them because they're fucking retards. Yeah. No, I don't watch it. Do I get the idea? Do I need to watch it if I understand it on that level? Um, No, you don't need to, but I, I mean, I do kind of enjoy these things. Like, what else do you enjoy? For the love of Ray J. What is that? You know Brandy. You probably don't know any of this. Brandy is a singer. Yeah, I know her. I know her name. Okay, her brother is Ray J. He was in the Kim Kardashian sex tape. I've heard about Kim Kardashian and the other person, the okay. sister, the other one. Uh huh. I, I know that a lot of people are very caught up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Well, All right. So Ray J is Brandy's brother, who was in the Kardashian sex video. Right, and, and he does apparently have a singing career also, but he, um, I know him as those other things. The guy who made love to Kim Kardashian. Made love? Yeah. Made love? I, I have I, to rewatch it, but I feel like it was pretty <laughs> sensual. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I kind of love him. Yeah. And I love Bad Girls Club. Like, I watch what all What is that? These, what channel? Is this a special channel? I think Bad Girls Club is on Oxygen. It's- um, Oxygen? I'm pretty sure. That's a women's channel? Yeah. And what is that? What's it's bad? It's like girls every called? girl who thinks she's the baddest bitch from her town, like all put into a house together, and they're usually all alcoholics and just all crazy and violent, and they work through conflict conflict through getting drunk and trying to fight each other. But it's basically just like the most horrible people all in one house, like. Um, I don't know where, into fights. Where, where do you have the time to watch this shit? I mean, I'm fucking doing stuff all day long. Like what? What do you mean, like what? I'm, I I had to schedule you know, Chelsea Peretti to come over and talk to me in my garage. One text. And that, huh? <laughs> That's one text. I have to do a lot of social networking. I have to write things. I do, that I do too. a lot of interviews. Yeah. I, I'm uh I'm also you know running a small T-shirt business. Here's the thing: I watch a lot of TV online, like Bad Girls Club. I watched online. So you call it work because it's on the computer. I think it's work even on the TV. No, I do too. I yeah. write. I write off my cable bill. Yeah, sure. Do you? Sure, absolutely. You have to. Yeah. Who's your accountant? Uh, I'm Harvey Altman. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't switch when you came out here. I was wondering. I've been with Harvey Altman for 20 years. I'm not going to switch. Yeah. I don't even know. I have no idea about anything. But I, I think he's legit, and he, he takes care of us, and I love him. And I forget. You know what I forget to do? Uh, little things like send a Christmas card, perhaps you- a present. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. It, I don't do it. I never, one of my friends who's an actress literally like made 
truffles for all her agents, all her their assistants, and she like bought expensive ribbon and she gave it to everyone. Maybe and, that's like, why I've never go out on auditions. I mean, I would never, I've never thought to do that, and not that I wouldn't ever, but I just, it's never occurred to me like let me get expensive gifts for all these different people, or gifts of any kind. Yeah, and. uh and she's also the kind of person that, like, walking around on set, like, I visited her when she was on a TV show, and she was, like, waving to every single person she saw. Hey, Marco. Hi, Sarah. Hey, James. And she works. She knew every single she person's work? name. Yeah. Frequently. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, that's the difference. I don't know the names, literally, of friends of friends that I've seen socially for, like, five years. Me neither. And now it's too late. Yeah, because how are you going to fucking get around that? Yeah. It's fucking awkward. And I've known people for 20 years. I don't know who they, their names. Isn't that fucked up? You know what it means? You know what we're thinking Self, about all the time? Self-involved. Yeah. We're thinking about me. Yeah. Me. Right now I'm thinking about me talking to you. I only learn someone's name if I'm like super into them. I have to, like sometimes I try to even make the effort of like, okay, remember, remember, remember. Yeah. Now because I'm older, I get, I get Facebooked by people or people come up to me. Who say that we've spent time together and I have no fucking idea who they yeah. are. Has that happened to you yet? Yeah. And I, I also, my memory is so bad and I wonder, does like ecstasy have to do with that? Like I did that a lot. It for drains a while. your, I think it drains your spinal fluid. Oh, so my memory should be fine. I don't know. I, I've got a vitamin regimen if you want. I've actually got a oh, bottle. Oh, God. Of, <laughs> I've got a bottle of something called memory revitalizer. Ugh. That I know is bullshit, but my dad says it's the best. The enthusiasm in your voice. I've got a vitamin regimen if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh I mean, I have God. to commit to it. It's like I don't believe in much, so I have to choose to believe in this, and I, I really, have been feeling better. I just did read an article or something that said vitamins are worthless. Yeah, of course. Everybody says that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, so is Jesus. So, I mean, on some level, Jesus changes lives. Mm -hmm. So do vitamins. It's all on how much belief you put in them. Why don't you just pray every morning then? Because I'm not. Because it's not as fun as taking things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoy it, I hate a daily routine. Like I wish I didn't have to ever brush my teeth or floss or. How are your gums? Receding. Mine too. I'm showing my teeth now. I don't see. Are they that bad? Mine are really receding. They've always been receding, and now I've been recently obsessed with them. Me too. I'm obsessed with every failure on my body. But you know what? You want to talk about other ones? <sighs> what else too, you got? It's too. Gross and sad. Really? <laughs> that sounds like good <laughs> no, radio. Don't you ever, especially when you're driving, that that the the light here in California. When you're driving, if you look at yourself in the mirror, you see everything. I know that's wrong with you. That's like, what, yeah. Even oh. the light is is stacked against us in L.A. Yeah, it's 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 to expose your your vanity. Yeah, it's designed. God designed the whole thing like that. If you Just believe another in that kind beautiful of day to fail in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You got to change your disposition by the 28th. I'm, I think I am. I'm almost like having to catch up my, like, the way I talk with how I actually feel a lot more positive lately. Yeah. I, th I feel like you are. You're getting that LA thing where it's like, instead of divulging all the information immediately, why don't you keep a little to yourself? No, actually. And pretend. I've always been that way, like, where I feel like when I was young, I used to tell everyone everything. And then as I got older, I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep more to myself. Yeah. So now I feel like I'm much more open. Like, I've just decided, ah, eh, fuck it. Like, if I used to have a project in the works, like, I never would have told anyone about yeah, it. And now right. I'm just like, who cares?
Why not tell them? Yeah, because I used to be like, if it doesn't go, I don't want anyone to ask me about it at a party, and then I'll be bummed out. Like, now I'm just like, eh, who cares? Sometimes you got to throw your chips on the table. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't talk about it unless, like, you know, I'm getting that vibe from the person, sort of like, when they ask you, you know, so what what's going on with you? Yeah. And they're really saying failure. Yeah. What's your resume? And I, I really have had this fantasy for a while of printing up a bullet point list of what's going on in my career. So when I go to parties, I have these little slips that I can just hand to people oh why don't you get a tattoo of it somewhere well because it's evolving constantly you can just add to tattoos <laughs> make a sleeve of your resume i don't know if i'm that do you do tattoos do you have one no yeah me neither it's, i think it's disappointing to people you think it's disappointing to other people i just wouldn't i never know what the fuck you would put on yourself i just feel like i'm Gotta so live cool with it. I can barely live with like, my fucking nose yeah oh were we talking noses no is it time to I throw like... my hat in the ring <laughs> no i like my nose but I just use that as a point. Like, if I put a tattoo on, that means I got to live with it, like something that's always mm. on my on my body. Mm-hmm. I, we, you and I have the similar nose. They're, really? They're... I feel like you, your yours is better. No. Yeah. <laughs> I took my glasses off. No. And she laughed. And you said no. I know. I was just laughing at your no. Like, I think I always think everyone's is better. I just stare at people with small noses, and I marvel, and I think, God, your life must be so easy. Really? Yeah, girls with small noses, I will stare at them and like stare at their profile like, oh, what an easy laugh and a small nose. <laughs> <laughs> Your life must be so easy. But maybe there's nothing behind that nose. Yeah. Zero. But you're one of those people where you, you, you hang out for a little while, which we're doing right now, yeah. and you become more attractive as, really? as each second goes by. Thank you. I think that's a compliment. Like, here, let me see if I can really blow some smoke up your ass. Like, look, I had no idea who Chelsea Peretti was, and I worked with her one night in a little club in New York, and I was like, wow, this woman is going to be fucking huge. What? No, I'm just, I was This is just you figuring out, like, a great fake compliment. I was seriously ready to be like, what club? I don't remember this. Don't you remember that gig we did down the basement of fucking, uh, of, uh... Gotham. Yeah. Yes, I was just telling you, that was, like, one of those, it was actually a life changer. How so? Because it was you, Geraldo, and Quinn. <laughs> For 20 people. And me. And you guys were all being just so instructional about the the failures I had ahead in life. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> I was like doing material about how like my little boyfriend wasn't working out. And then you guys were doing material about how your marriages didn't work uh-huh, out. Uh-huh. So it was like, oh, this is instructional. Yeah. That's where I'll be shortly. No, you don't have to go that route. <laughs> You have Save a choice. Me. You're you're at you know, you're at a crossroads. You can you can choose to suck it all in. Like the too much information thing, that's always gonna be that'll sink you in this business. Like the the example and what do I know about it? You know, I've mm-hmm. I've been, you know, flying my own ship forever. And it's, <laughs> it's a faulty vessel. Uh-huh. But like you were saying about that girl who sends truffles and says hi to everybody. Yeah. That counts for fucking everything in Hollywood because Hollywood is really just 10, 15, maybe 20 people that mm-hmm. constantly call each other on the phone. Yeah. So if you don't send truffles, then they're like, as opposed to like, guess who just said me? They're yeah. like, I got nothing from Chelsea Peretti. I don't even God, think she knows my name. Did you do it this Christmas? Did you give anyone presents? No, and I got none. I gave my mailman a bottle of tequila mm-hmm. and I gave the girl I'm dating some pottery. Oh, pottery? She's groovy. No, I my friend's wife makes beautiful pottery, so I got her uh I got her a thing and I got her I got I got Are her... you drawn to like hippie-ish type people? No, but I have a hippie in me mm. trying to get out and he surfaces occasionally. No, yeah. I'm drawn to uh 
to you know anybody that has no boundaries and might be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, that's. I think it. a lot of uh, comedians are into that. It, I, it, it's just the way I'm wired. But oh, here's what I was going to say about that because mm-hmm. like I learned a big lesson from my father and he didn't mean to teach me. And and it, I was with him in New Mexico and this is what I grew up with. We were at a coffee shop and some guy comes uh, uh, up to my father and says, "Oh my God, Doctor Marin, right?" It's me, Bill. I, I don't think I, I've seen you for 15 years. How are you? And my dad looks at this guy and says, well, the money's running out and I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with myself. That's what he said to the guy. Yeah. That right there is basically like self-pity. Yes. Projected onto somebody else. Yeah. There's nowhere to go with that conversation. Yeah. The for guy, all that guy knew, he his, he has a doctor in his title. That, like, that's, that's right. That's all that he guy could. needed to know. Right. So like once you start doing that sort of like, you know. Uh, yeah. That there's a little thing inside of us is just sort of like, help me, make me feel better. No, Are you my I mean, mommy? I totally, I mean, that's what I said about feeling like I'm becoming a little more positive. I, I think that stuff is really self-destructive. Yeah. But it is like bonding. I don't, like, I if I meet a confident person, I'm like you. I'm just searching for where they're not confident. Right, So right. I can relate to them. Where's the Achilles heel? Yeah. How can I hurt this person when yeah. necessary? Yeah, or just are they human? Like, I can't, if someone's just seems really together and confident, I'm like, come on. That can't be true. Yeah. You don't deserve that. I, I know your resume. Yeah. You, there's no way you can be that confident. Yeah. yeah. How are you even talented with that much confidence? Yeah. That, that kind whole of thing? thing. Yeah. The yeah. whole, and like, even Mary J. Blige, when she got her life together, her happy music, I just wasn't into it as much. Yeah, but I'm sure she's not, uh, you know, not upset that she might have lost a few fans. I guess. No, I, I, I agree with you, and, and, and I don't, uh, but I think that, like, is that really, see, that's the whole thing that I'm trying to learn is that, and you seem to be doing it because you're organizing evening walks, <laughs> that, you know, every interaction you have with everybody does not have to be so fucking deep that they walk away feeling exhausted. Yeah, that's definitely true. I think you have to pick the people that you're, that you're vulnerable gonna, with. That you're going to exhaust? Yeah. No, no, not exhaust. I mean, you have like all kinds of resources to deal with your emotional problems, but like you have the few friends that you trust with like your personal life. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that figured out. <laughs> I feel like this is a date. Oh, God. Am I, am I projecting? All right. So not really. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> it's not. Some of these facial expressions. Amazing. Mine? Yeah. Because <laughs> you just looked up like. Like. <laughs> oh, how am I fucking this up? So what it, what are you doing now? What, what's going to happen? I was thinking about getting massages later, but... You get massages? Yeah. Happy endings? No. Do Although, they have those for girls? I think they do, but... Really? I don't know. You would know? Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. I've never done that. I mean, I'm amazed. Because every comedian... Like, I, you know, even the comedians that you think are sweet guys, like, one of them just came up to me at, like backstage and was like, I'm getting so into happy endings. And I'm like, all right. There's what? no one innocent in this whole entire industry. Just, yeah. yeah. No, I, I was never... I don't... Uh, no, I don't do that. I don't do the pay for sex of any kind thing. That's great, Mark. No, I'm, it's not a moral thing. It's just, to me, it's an awkward situation. If I... Yeah. If I... You know, I have to believe that somebody But you've never me. tried it. I mean... I understand the logic behind it. I, I yeah. didn't for a while, mm-hmm. but I went to strip clubs in which I finally sort of started understanding. Oh, why this is totally appealing. Yeah, you know, like oh, you just pay this hot girl money and she acts like she's so into you and like stares in your eyes and shakes her tits in your face and it's like, 
Yeah, you if just, you, yeah. If they're good and you believe it, it's a yeah. good, good 15 minutes. Yeah. Or however long that goes on for. Mm-hmm. But you can't get emotionally invested. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because they're different. Each of them is different how they do it. Like some of them are just like hot, but they don't have the vibes right. You right. Know? <laughs> they got to they gotta work on their vibes. Yeah. <laughs> they're not delivering <laughs> the full package. Their stripper vibe is kind of right. weak. Well, no, I think it's the same thing with the with the hooker thing is that like I understand why someone would want to have sex with somebody that they pay and then it's done. You know, there's no repercussions. Right. There's no call later. There's no, you know, it, it's. But what about diseases? That's my main like. I think, like, I always think about, like, the free love era, and, like, you know, it seems great, but I just think of diseases, diseases, diseases. Well, the free love era, the diseases were more manageable, and Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people during that time got plenty of diseases. They just weren't deadly. Yeah. They were dealable with a a shot of penicillin or some antibiotics, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you just had to not fuck for a week or two every so often because something came out of you. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, once, once things became deadly, it sort of changed the game. A baby is what you were talking about, Exactly. Right? No, I was talking about herpes or warts, uh-huh. but yeah, babies. <laughs> that, that, that was a lot. Of, that was an issue. Your parents weren't hippies? Not really. Like, they were both at UC Berkeley, but both of them say they weren't, like, deep into the, into the hippie the, mix. Well, that's where it all got fucked up in San Francisco. That's when uh, the free, uh, the summer of love turned into Speed Freak Central and everything went downhill. Mm-hmm. Then Manson cut some people up and the hippie thing was done. Yeah. Yeah. Culturally, Manson put the lid on that fucking party. So I think we've covered a lot. What about chick comics? I mean, women comics. What about them? You're one of them. Yeah. And there's not, uh, I don't know how to approach this. Mark, are women funny? Yes. Deeply. That's my favorite question when people start asking that. Well, there's an idea that, you know, that, that whole notion, I don't believe that like, you know, there, there was a period in, in back in, uh, before we started letting girls in uh-huh. that, uh, you know, everyone's like, well, chicks just aren't funny. You know, it's all about it's one of those in. weird things actually, where it's like, like, you know, sometimes you, I guess it's like stereotypes. There's always some element of truth to things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it is kind of ridiculous too. Like I can go, yeah, there's not a ton of female comics. Like there's a lot of male comics that I love and look up to. Like, and then, but then when I think about it, there are a lot of women that really make me laugh. Like it's not, I think it's a tougher road, but I, I do. And I think that they have to work harder and they have to play, uh, they have to, you know, in order for a woman to make the stage her own. It's 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 a longer it's it's a tougher yeah sure because you have to decorate you have to put down like you know pink carpeting <laughs> well you just have to deal with even women in the audience I think by and large comedy was built on you know that that whole the whole lens yeah is is male yeah leather way. suits you have to you know, entertain men mm-hmm. in, and women with men yeah but that that has sort of changed and there are comics there are certain comics that do it just like men. And then there are certain comics that make their 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 womanness funny. You know, between you and me, I put a sock in my underwear before I go on stage. I was wondering about just that, just because it makes me feel stronger comedically. And it, it's an interesting look. Yeah, I mean, because at first I was like, she must not shave at all, which mm-hmm, I respected. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, she's got a cock. Yeah, it looked kind of dense. Yeah, and so that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that well, that's a secret. I think we should have gotten out at the beginning of the interview, but I'm glad we it took this yeah. long to get there. You must have you must feel comfortable. Now. Yeah. What yeah. else do you do? I fake shave. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I fake shave a fake beard, and I slap aftershave on. Uh huh. That's what that uh, smell is. Mm-hmm. That's why you can't smell the cat pee in here. 
sometimes I'll uh, just like do like a really deep voice and be like, let's do this and stuff like that before I go on stage. <laughs> do you high five some dudes? Like, oh, you know, when you're walking up to the stage yeah. or off the stage? Yeah. Do some high five. Fist pump. Yeah. Oh, good. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. There are chicks that I really like. I mean, that I think Maria Bamford is one of the best comics working. Uh, I've always liked Caroline Ray. I like Janine. I like Sarah. I like um, uh, Lori Kilmartin. I like... Um, Paul Poundstone. Paul Poundstone? I liked her for a while, and then I kind of went, you know, and then she, you know, she, I, and then it, something happened. And now, you know, I can listen to her. I think she's uh, a funny commentator more than a stand-up these days. But early on, when she liked did her first special with the ring dings, yes. I hadn't good. seen her that much, actually. I But I she started was watching her on YouTube, and I saw some of her old stuff. And, great. And, like, how the crowd work and stuff was fun to watch. Yeah, no, she definitely had a, a point of view and a, and a whole thing going. Who um, are your, who, let's do this, because I never do this. Oh, man. What? It's easy. It's just I don't do it because it's sort of, like, uh, cheesy. Like, who, okay. who, who inspired you to do comedy? Who are your comedy heroes? So, I mean, a lot of my comic heroes... Not all of them are stand-ups, you know? Like, I I really liked Monty Python, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Christopher Guest, Ricky Gervais. Really? Yeah, I like... Hmm. I mean, I've always enjoyed stuff like that. I used to do improv um, in college, and then I started doing stand-up when I graduated. I like Bill Hicks. I like... I know you said that you don't... Don't never want. listened to Bill Hicks or something. No, no, no. I love Bill Hicks, but I don't... I never... There was a period there... Where, like, I knew him, I'd watch him. Yeah. But because we talked about similar things and he was, he had such a contagious delivery system. Yeah. That I found it, I, I shouldn't wa- yeah, yeah. listen to him because I didn't want to appropriate, do, like, cause there was a period there where everyone was doing Hicks. You see yeah. it in comedy. There was a period where everyone's doing a tell. Uh-huh. Then there was a few Todd Berries. Yeah. And then, like, then all of a sudden there were Hedbergs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I just, I, what I, I like to watch people. I usually like to watch my peers and I, I don't, you know, if I really like somebody, you know, who is not in my peer group or is on records, you know, I'll temper how much I engage with it yeah. because you don't want to, you know, absorb. Yeah. Well, that's what I don't fully understand about. Like, I know a lot of comedians that like are, you know, watch everything that each other does and watch everything online and watch everything that every comedian has ever done. Like, I don't know. I don't really do that. Um, I don't either. I don't do it with a lot of things Yeah, because I want to have my own ideas. Yeah. And I, I mean, have- I think that it can be a strength and a weakness, but I, I definitely, I mean, I think in terms of standups, a lot of the people that I love are people that are more contemporary that I saw in New York, a lot of New right. York standups like Bill Burr. I love Jim Norton. I think is really funny. Louis CK. Yeah. Uh, Colin Quinn, yep. you know, there, Geraldo, there's people out there that I, I watched a lot. And then there's also, you know, people from like the invite them up and that kind of a scene. The or, groovy scene, the hipster scene. Yeah. That I, that I loved watching too. The nerd cock scene. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I tend to, like, if people ask me who my favorite comics are, I'll go to my peers first because the old guys are always the old guys. Everyone's got yeah, their old guys. Everyone's going to say prior. I mean, how interesting is that as an answer? That said, who are your old guys? You like British humor? Yes, I do. Oh, I love uh, Steve Coogan. I like. Oh, okay. In really? Love, in love. You're Alan just... Partridge. That character is like the best thing in life. You're like an Anglophile kind on top of. of everything else. You're educated at Barnard, and you're an Anglophile, and you're this. A little bit. I mean, I went to school in England for in my junior year, and uh, I saw Ali G there, 
And um, my friends were so in. My English friends were really into Ali G, and I loved it. And I'd already loved Monty Python. Well, he's and, like a very gifted man. Yeah, but so were Monty Python. I, but see, I love Monty Python. I watched a lot of Monty Python. Yeah. And and I find them very funny and brilliant and everything mm-hmm. that everyone says about them. But do they make me laugh from my guts? What about the Holy Grail, though? It's like my yeah. Main, there's some great that's, stuff. In that's there. the there's only, no doubt about that. The main thing I can say is Holy Grail. Like I, you know, recently I was watching some more sketches on YouTube, and I'm like amazed. Like a lot of them are like six, seven, eight minutes long. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's changed. Right. A I lot. mean, I definitely was influenced. In, not influenced by them, but I was entertained by them. I was never a sketch guy. I yeah. never really thought about doing sketch. I, I don't. I never really thought that deeply about working with a group of people. So I was always more moved by by stand up personalities. But I definitely respect them. Yeah, you know who else I love is Joan Rivers. I had never like I knew her from my generation as just like the annoying red carpet lady. And yeah. And I went and saw her in New York a bunch of times, and I just fell in love with her. Like I love watching her do stand up. Have you seen her? Yeah, very persistent. I mean. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I mean, she's like a she's like an animal up there. Yeah, I mean, I mean she, she goes is. after it. Yeah, and and there's and she's relentless. She is. She does not care if her audience is not into it. Yeah, and that and is something that I love. Oh, when you first see that and you realize you you yeah. have you have the freedom to do that. Yeah, that's a gift. No, and she was doing. I think she did an hour, and she is what? How old is she? She I mean, no one knows. It's vaulted information, yeah. but she's probably eight thousand years old. How about contemporaries? I mean, I love Joan Rivers, but like, are there people that other comedians like, like Tina Fey? She's big woman comic. Yeah. You like her? Yeah, I do. But like, do you like, like, she's great. I wish I had her career. Yes. She's so talented. Yeah. Okay. Who else? I mean, I interned at Saturday Night Live and I remember Tina Fey, like, I remember being like, oh, she's a writer here and, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, I had no idea, obviously, that her career would. You interned at Saturday Night Live? Yeah. So you're a very ambitious, focused person. <laughs> In some ways. I'm not going to buy this weird sort of like, you know, I don't know what's going on, shit. 1999 is when I interned You there. were still in school? Yeah, my junior year. How was that for you? Awesome. Did you enjoy, Although, did you have interactions with Lauren Michaels? I was an intern in his office, which in some ways I kind of regret. Like, I think being an intern in the writer's room would have been. Did he get creepy? No, he barely ever talked to me. He he would pop his head out of the door. He had three blonde assistants, and then I was the intern, so it was like that order of interest. There's he, that pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very short pyramid, and you were at the bottom, No, clearly. I was standing to the side of, of the, the whole- pyramid, <laughs> yeah. uh, bringing water to the pyramid people. But uh, yeah, and so I would, I would put Amstel lights in his fridge, and um, that was kind of the most interaction I had with an object in his office. But you grew to, yeah. So, what year was that? So, Tina Fey was just not there that long yet, right? I don't really know because I wasn't in that room. I just remember seeing her and going, oh, there's a woman writer. Are you a person that reads comedy autobiographies? Yes. Like, I read the SNL one. I read a lot of uh, Lenny Bruce ones when I started doing stand up. What, How to Talk Dirty and Influence People? Yeah. That's a good book. Yeah. I don't read them. I, I like everyone was raving about Steve Martin's book. I loved it. It made me cry. Really? Yes. Should I read it? I think you should. I didn't read. I didn't watch the movie Comedian. I, I read Kathy Griffin's book recently. I also watched Comedian, which I thought was great. Kathy, uh, Kathy Griffin's book was amazingly really good. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I feel like she's really honest. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's funny to say that about someone you don't know, because how do you know if they're being honest? But I, I read it and I felt like she she very much was like open 
and I thought it was I, I think it's interesting how people's lives shape along like you see the the process I the, remember her when she started or when she was around yeah the gang well, I didn't know she started in improv. I just assumed, you know, you see someone as a stand-up, you assume that's where they started. Right. And so I didn't know she was, like, doing little shows. Like, it reminded me of the show Variety Shack that I do in New York, uh, where it's like she sounded like she was doing little shows with, like, Janine Garofalo. And right, back when they had um, Luna Park, uh, there was the Uncabaret mm-hmm. that they did. And when uh, Largo was in its infancy, she was around. I remember doing Aspen Comedy Festival with her in 95 uh-huh. and her, us having a fight about something. You don't remember what? No, I know what it was. Oh. <laughs> she, th- she used to do this bit where I, I was such a douche. Mm. You thought she was stealing your bit or something? No. Oh. But she used to do this bit like where she'd you know rip her shirt open at the end as oh. a closer going like, is this what you want? And like, even uh, though it was, or I, I don't remember what the angle was, but it was mocking the idea that she would do that. Yeah. But she, in my mind, she was still using her tits to get a laugh. Yeah. Did she have a great pair of tits? It wasn't the point. To mm-hmm. me, I, for some reason, I, I said something that despite the fact that you're deconstructing comedy or performance, you're yeah. still using your tits. Yeah. To get the laugh. And what, and she was mad that you said that. I believe that we had a, a feud, but I don't think it registered to her that way at all. Cause I saw her later and she had no recollection of it. And she's always been nice to me since huh. then. Yeah. See, that was my drama in my head. I built this idea that like, Oh, her and I. Right. We, we like, don't, we, there's a lot of tension there. And she's like, I don't even talk to that guy. I have no idea what he's talking about. That's funny. I keep these things going in my head. Yeah. Why not? Well, because it's draining and stupid. Oh, right, right. So, well, that's good. So you did some reading. Yeah. I like doing reading. This is the other thing is like, I don't really have a favorite comedian. Like I have people that don't you have like comedians where you like, maybe don't think they're funny exactly, but you're glad they exist. Like you go, oh, if this person can do it. I think I'm one of those people for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, but I think that's really true. There's a whole genre of comedians where you go, I'm just glad this person exists. And like, you know, I like people that are personal and talk about things. But if everyone was, it would be really annoying. Right. If everybody was like you, how that would be horrible. Right. So I feel like I like different comedians for different reasons and different people. You know, Lenny Bruce, I read those books early on in comedy. I would never say if someone's like, who's your favorite comedian? I wouldn't say Lenny Bruce, but reading about his whole journey in life. That would sound so affected if you did that. Yeah, but you know what? I feel like there's a right answer when people go, who's your favorite comedian? And I feel like the right answer is Pryor and Woody Allen, right? I mean, who else? I feel like those are the two people. It really depends what generation you're talking about. You know, I mean, I, I would think that you would get a lot of people who are a little younger than you even who would say Hedberg. I think you'd see, get a lot mm-hmm. of people that would say a tell. I, I would think that a lot of people don't even have Richard Pryor in perspective anymore. Lenny Bruce is way out of our context. Yeah. So to say that you would be, it would be affected only in the sense that he's difficult. He's difficult to understand. Yeah. It's difficult to know what the fuck he was talking about. You have to do a lot of reading mm-hmm. about the time he lived in to really put him into any sort of context. Yeah. Although but, some of his more outrageous jokes, I mean, they're great. Yeah. They, they really stand up where you just even can read them and go, Oh my God, I can't imagine. Having the, the balls. Yeah. The guy putting his mother on the plane with the bomb is a great joke. I mean, there are jokes that, that are just tasteless and beautiful that stand yeah. the test of time. And then just that, wasn't he just reading legal documents on stage at the end? Like, I just kind that of. That was sad. You can actually see tape of that. But that is kind of funny at the same time. I mean, being that I wasn't there for it, it's, it's kind of a funny ending to a career. Well, that was the crashing of the wave. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, the, he, he'd done some stuff. And I think that early on, the thing that's interesting about him is that without him, you don't really get Richard Pryor in the form that he eventually took. Like, I believe, yeah. it's my own belief, that you can listen to really early Richard Pryor records, like when he first started doing the cultural tension material. And I can hear him almost with a Yiddish cadence because yeah. of how he lifted the, the drive of Lenny Bruce. But then I feel like, didn't I, didn't Lenny Bruce lift his whole Yiddish thing from his friend who was more Jewish than he was? That's probably true. I mean, I, I, I believe that, but you can't den- deny Len- Lenny Bruce. Like every, behind any genius, there's some guy going, that guy stole that from me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> always. It's just the way it goes. But I, I think that his freedom of mind, like certainly on the, um, like the Carnegie Hall concert or the Berkeley concert where you got to listen to the whole, it's like being in class yeah. if you want to follow the fucking guy. And then there's people like Gilda Radner, for example, like she's someone who I always thought was really funny, you know, as yeah, a kid. And that's, that's one of the ones. Yeah. And she should be one of the ones. I, she, I personally, and she's someone you don't actually so much hear people cite anymore, but I do feel like when I was younger, people always talked about her. There's some good comic actresses around. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is fucking genius. Yeah. I like her. She's fucking great. Uh, what's her face? O'Hara. Oh, she's a hilarious. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, but I do, and then Amy Poehler, I love mm-hmm. Sarah, I love. And then there's also, of course, I'm learning LA people because it, it's weird. You don't always know a lot of LA people if you stay in New York the whole time. But also, I used to know everybody. Now there's so many thousands of comics. I yeah. don't fucking know anybody. Yeah. But there are some younger people that are very funny these days that I've grown to like. Mm-hmm. Kyle uh, Kinane, I had on the show. I, I know everyone loves Kyle. I haven't seen him that much. I, I, I just actually like don't him think I've he's, ever uh, seen him. He's just, I like because he's a storyteller. And he's one yeah. of these guys that just, the personality he has normally is just a perfect yeah. sort of cranky stage oh, cool. personality yeah they're, they're i like cranks and and Me you can't too. you can't manufacture it no and no you, I, the worst is when you see a comic who's trying out ranting where you feel like <laughs> oh are you trying ranting did you have a pretty easy childhood but you feel like trying it and you're just like oh god i know you're not outraged right now i know it you yeah. just think it would be fun to try that out right but the crank is is sort of is hard because it's, letterman's like a crank and there's a few people that yes. are cranks yeah where it's not anger it's just like oh well oh eh, i see uh-huh. you know what i mean like they're like cantankerous uh-huh. not like you know fucking livid yeah, fuck the world yeah. right no okay. they're just sort of like oh it's the best it's gonna be yeah uh and it's a rare comic uh persona and there's not that many around but there's some people that just have it naturally, and Kyle's got it naturally. Dave Anthony was another guy that had it naturally. They're kind of resigned to this, like, oh, we're, we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And yeah, so, me too. All right, so you got to go? You got to call? You I have good? to pee. You got to pee. I think that's a good way to end it. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to pee in my house? Or Preferably, yes. Just want to pee in the it's garage kind of a like long the cat. drive home. <laughs> if that, it's not too intrusive, I would love to. Chelsea Peretti, thank you for doing this. Thank you. Okay, that's our show, folks. Thank you for being here. As always, I want to thank Chelsea Peretti uh, for being on. I think that went well. I think we're going to be okay. I like her. I hope she likes me. And as always, for anything comedy-related, go to punchlinemagazine.com and get what you need. They got it all. They got videos. They got news. They got breaking news. They got reviews you know do that and please go to wtfpod.com hopefully by the time you're hearing this uh, the nerd talk uh, the nerd cock shirts will have arrived i don't know why i keep talking about these nerd cock shirts like 
Everybody's asking me about the Nerdcock shirts. When are they coming? But WTF Pod, uh, please sign up on the mailing list. Follow us on Twitter. Do all that stuff. Make a donation if you'd like, because we want to keep this listener supported. Uh, please, big round of applause for Brendan P.W. McDonald at the board with the knobs making this thing happen in, on the East Coast. And, uh, oh, one other thing. January 22nd, UCB Theater, live WTF, 8 p.m., Jeff Garland, Jimmy Pardo, Kate McCucci, Jim Earl, Eddie Pepitone. Better make that happen. LosAngeles.UCBTheater.com, I think. You might want to check that out. My head's a mess. Take care. Take care.